I think someone's alarm went off. That would be... That sure sounds like my alarm. I think someone's alarm... That would be why my alarm hasn't been going off. Because you said it. Except for 7 p.m. <laughs> instead of a.m. Power, power outage and the reset didn't... Uh, that'll, that'll do it. That's what I figured. It went off this time last night also while uh, Mike and I were in here and I was playing Dark Souls. And we're like... What is hmm. going on? What is what, the meaning what, of this? There, there was a... The song that was on was like... Uh, it had wake up in the title. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, wake me up inside. It was. It wasn't wake me up before you go go either. Uh, it wasn't wake up little Susie. It was. No, it wasn't Gogurt. Um, oh. That's why you've been so quiet. Why have I been quiet? Because apparently that button was pressed and it shouldn't have been. What button? The the make Nathan quiet button. Apparently. You have one of those? Uh, apparently. Jeez. <laughs> you learn something new every week. I guess. Now you did you have to turn me down because I was super loud? Uh, that's not why the button was pressed. Why was the button pressed? I don't. I don't really know. Was it half an A press? <laughs> I was quiet because my 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 mic was this gray button this gray button was pressed for some reason on his. Help! Help! I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling better. They're giving me serotonin. We're being depressed. Don't let life get you down. Let's turn that frown upside down. <laughs> when life gives you lemons, eat the lemons. Yeah. Make lemonade. <laughs> Make a leninade? Leninade. <laughs> like yes. Vlad- Vladimir? Yep, Lenin? that one. That one. That Lenin. Or the John variety? No, it's the Vladimir Lenin. Got it. Make the leninade for the motherland. <laughs> <laughs> Move microphone closer to face. No. Why not? No. It is fine. It is too quiet. How about that? What the computer hears isn't necessarily what we hear. I understand that, but still. Let the computer decide. Okay, computer. <laughs> I need this information. Scooby said rut row. Shaggy said zoinks. Velma said jinkies. And Daphne said jeepers. What, what did, did Fred, Fred say? say? Fred says... <laughs> he did not! <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> that was funny. Did Fred have a thing he said? Uh, let's split up, gang. No, he had a thing other than that too, like an exclamation. Yeah, he. It did, looks he like did. we have another mystery on our hands. No, he he definitely had a thing, but I can never remember what it was. Um, and when someone says it, I'm like, yeah, that's it, of course. But I, come on, gang. Because of the meme, I don't know what Fred says. There, there was, there was a thing he said in. Okay, in the show A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, the spinoff from, like, I don't know, probably late 80s, or I guess, sure. early 90s. Not sure, sure when the time frame was. But there was a recurring joke in that show where at 
the end of every episode, Fred would incorrectly guess that the mo- man behind the mask was th- a character named Red Herring. <laughs> and so every time he's like, I know who it is. It's Red Herring. And then Red Herring would pop up and be like, it wasn't me, you dweebs. Except for the one time that it was him and everyone was everyone was surprised. <laughs> that That's like all I remember about that show except for being kind of mediocre. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I was right. That was much more of a Morty voice. My like sh- Archie Rick. <laughs> my, my shaggy... Imitation hovers like between shaggy and Morty. Like maybe we should leave the timeline alone, man. <laughs> <coughs> Do you have to use the portal gun, man? Can I like have some Scooby snacks, man? Like, like, dude, does that pocket dimension have snacks in it? <laughs> <laughs> I too read Frederick Nietzsche. <laughs> Like, I'm an intellectual with an incredibly high IQ. <laughs> Why is there a change.org petition to replace um, a Churchill statue in England with, I think it was Kant? Or, he- no, it was Hegel. I was like, yeah, because Hegel defeated Nazism. That's mm-hmm. Because yep. change.org is that garbage. Is well, change.org is truly just neutral. Like, is it? I mean, it is literally just there for people to put petitions on. I guess it does not really moderate those unless they're. I mean, it probably does. To some and at the same but. time, I don't know that it really makes a difference at this stage. Yeah, I mean, maybe early on in its career, it had some kind of impact on some things, but at this point, anything anyone ever does ever is going to be either. Pre- is going to be opposed by a change.org petition. Yeah. Anything that ever hap- hasn't happened has a change.org. It's like... Chang. Chang. PFChang.org. <laughs> I still believe social media was a mistake. It was done intentionally. Yes. Bad idea? Maybe. But well, even then, the mainstreaming of social media, perhaps, like the fact that Twitter is now the public sphere, it, is it really, was cool before it went mainstream. Yeah. The only reason I ever got a Twitter was to do a homework assignment. I I got a Twitter to interact with a live stream a couple of times, uh, and that was it. For school? No, not school. Ah. Uh just recreationally like people i like watching on recreational YouTube. twitter <laughs> legalize see me and my friends tweet. get together on the weekends and do some recreational twitter that's crazy bro yeah have you ever tried dmt <laughs> you should listen Direct to Joe Rogan. twitter <laughs> have you ever tried dming have you ever tried dming a celebrity man you should you should uh, you should listen to joe rogan he talks a lot about dmt <laughs> that's that's what um the average Joe Rogan listener is like. It's Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend that show. Really? Well, I, I don't know. It's dumb nineties it cartoon. I, I have not seen much of it, so I'm not sure what content it has to offer you feel dumb for watching it but that doesn't stop it from being funny okay 
You just lose brain cells. Yes, that's I, I do that regularly. Like not in a anyway. psychedelic. It, it, not even in a good way. There's like there's good dumb like Monty Python. It is not that kind of dumb. It's I like see. just it totally melt your nineties alternative dumb. dumb. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> weaponized Kurt Cobain's essence. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's drive a Beavis bomb on them. <laughs> weaponized nineties yeah. dumb. Oh. Beavis. <laughs> Although we used to we used to watch Leave It to Beaver on TV Land growing up. <laughs> Leave it to Beavis, <laughs> yeah, Leave It to Beavis. We'd call it that all the time. <laughs> uh, Wally, <laughs> how do we get checks? <laughs> I'd watch it. I'm concerned about the Beavis. <laughs> What's a Beavis? Ah, oh, gee, Beaver. Larry, Larry Mondello, what a kid. Apparently the guy who played um, Eddie Haskell was a, grew up and became a police officer in real life and only just recently died. He's like in his 70s, something like that. Hmm. Although, I don't know, sometimes celebrity death rumors can't really be believed. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone has apparently died multiple times and according to the internet, and I think, what was it, Dave Chappelle or one of the Chappelles died. Air quotes. And I, somebody like that died and I was like scoffing at it. And my brother's like, dude, that's kind of insensitive. It was like, wait, what? No, he actually died this time? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> he's dead know. for real? And then there's another, I have an aunt who's probably not listening to this. Um... I hope. <laughs> I mean, well, I if she want whatever. Um, she's a propensity for copy pastas, like not like the meme copy. Not unironic. Right, 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 copy right, pasta. right. The ones where like oh, the boomer share. copy pastas. Will you give it a share? And uh, one like equals one prayer or whatever. Something that kind of thing. Also like ones where it like starts up declaring they're done with social media and then she posts something else the next day. It's like I. Well, this is five paragraphs long for one thing. But one one of the more recent ones was like uh, some prayers for a helicopter full of Navy SEALs that was shot down in Afghanistan. I was like, that happened that happened five years ago. Why is why is she copy pasting this now? There was like I mean, nothing in the news about it. I mean, prayers for them are still good. Are right. they still good? As Catholics, yes. Yeah. How how Pray how long the after there's no statute of limitations for praying for the dead. <laughs> Like, like, how long after they're... If they're canonized, then you don't need to. Right. But they probably aren't and probably won't ever be. Right. right. So, yeah. So, indefinitely, really. Yeah. There was a saint who prayed for Judas, the soul of Judas, all the time because he believed in God's infinite mercy. Interesting. Because that's something I've been unsure of how or whether it right mm-hmm. works i mean i know prayers for the dead are good but like after like could at you what pray point? for dictators of various ilks right stuff? stuff like that after they're already dead like most people wouldn't want to but they they need it more than anybody i tell you what yeah <laughs> if by some stroke of grace they were to achieve salvation who knows who knows indeed there's somebody who knows but we won't know until we get there correct because that's not our job to know down here 
Yes. Um, Speaking of dying. Speaking of dying. Nathan's been having an adventure oh, this yeah. week. Ah, um, uh, yes. In his first experience Truth be of told, Dark Souls. I am slightly frightened watching how much you're enjoying the pain of that game. <laughs> Dude, you saw me play Hollow Knight and Celeste before that. I just sort of accepted those were platformers. I like even then like you were just sort of like into it in the rhythm of it, but I'm Dark getting, Souls is I'm like, getting into the rhythm of it of Dark Souls. Yeah. Getting there. I'm not there yet, otherwise I'd have probably won at this point. Sure. But, but no, I'm 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 legitimately having fun. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> That's precisely what he's concerned about. <laughs> How much fun you're having. Just because you swear at Lego Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, guys. Like he legit was getting, getting mad literally, at literally not unironically livid at Lego freaking Star Wars, this man was. It's, it's a difference in temperament toward frustration in jank. video games. I knew exactly what I needed to do. It was janky. If It was the level in, I want to say, it was for episode three, and this is for like the collection with like the whole Skywalker saga, right? Uh, not Skywalker saga, that isn't out yet. Well, or the original saga. Or, um, saga. Complete trilogy, no, complete, complete saga. That's yeah, what it is. That one. Um, there was a level, I think it's in the Jedi Temple, you're like Obi-Wan and Yoda, and you have to do like some platforming, you have to use the force to pull up these platforms, and there's like a little timer on it. I do remember that being kind of janky. Yeah, that's what I was so frustrated about, because I would get so close and then fall all the way to the ground and have to start over again. <laughs> that's what was, that was driving me crazy, because, because you know, like, the jump mechanics in that game, you have to hit it just right. Some and they t- can be kind of awkward, don't Yeah, on especially the when, angle. like, the platform you pull out is directly above you so if right you the moving things it, the physics of moving force things in that game is a little janky yeah yeah that's what i was getting frustrated at which is an understandable thing to get frustrated at but to the degree at which you got frustrated <laughs> i don't think it warranted <laughs> uh, i mean i was getting that way with minecraft earlier but that was because i messed up on a big portion of the church and i was i've we're building a replica of Notre Dame in our Minecraft server that we have. And I messed up a part of the facade and now I have to start over. And I was just like, okay, it's time to be done. I've, I've been playing this for like eight hours a day the last week. <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit. Because so he, un- I have nothing unemployed. else to do. Uh. But no, Dark Souls is a fun time. I can see why people like it and because I'm liking it. Good for you. Some of the introductory things are kind of confusing, but that is why I'm glad I have Riley to be a tutorial about what does this stat and number mean? Hey, listen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wait, except I actually actively seek that information. I don't have her popping out of my sword saying, Master, your, your batteries are low in your Wii remote. Better go replace them. And I'm like, thank you, Skyward Sword. Yeah. It's like... yeah. The, uh, the stat system in Dark Souls 1 is particularly cryptic. It's very Which, hard to tell what's going on. The game in general is cryptic, and I get but that it, that's part of what it's going it's for. It's improved in the later games. Good to that know. The stat, clarity, what, everything Like, what does. does what, and why I should care about my knowledge. Sure. <laughs> like, doesn't knowledge come from, like, playing the game? Final and boss learning Dark things? Souls is Jar Jar. Darth Jar Jar. Just, like, the most annoying, spammy boss you could imagine. So <laughs> uh, the final boss of Dark Souls is actually a bit of a letdown. 
Okay. And so is the final boss of Dark Souls 2, for that matter. Hmm. I was I was pretty supremely... Well, Gwyn is hard, if you oh. don't know the gimmick. Gwyn is the bad guy of Gwyn is the first big, one? the big bad. Because I've heard one. the name Gwyn mentioned a couple of times. Hmm. Gwyn's like the, the, the sun guy, light He's the, guy? He's the, the, the fire dude. The fire guy, yes. The right. Lord of Cinder. Right, the... Right, because that was what they were talking about in the opening cutscene. That was very, just lore with no context. Big lore dump. Yes. There's yes. lore with no context, and then context with no lore. <laughs> for yes. like most The whole rest of the game is context with no lore. Ah. And you have to... I mean, it's in there, but you really, yeah. really got to dig for it. Which is similar to my experience in playing Hollow Knight. I, I now realize how much Hollow Knight borrowed from Dark Souls. But this is not a Dark Souls episode. No, not, not yet, not. anyway, because I have to finish it and we have to watch you suffer on the first boss uh, <laughs> before we do an episode of that. Uh, <laughs> um, this is the story of a girl <laughs> who cried a river and drowned the whole world. This is the story about uh, about I don't know. Bella Honestly, at this point, if I saw a guy building an ark in his backyard, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh wait, <laughs> 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 the way this year has gone. It is a story. It is a um, pizza time episode, though. Yes, pizza time. Do do the intro thing. Introduce us. We are the Palladium Papists. I'm James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. And today we are talking about Pizza Time, the Sam yes. Raimi trilogy of Spider-Man films from the early 2000s. Yes, the first... The OG live-action Spider-Man films that people care about. Right. Well, <laughs> there weren't any Spider-Man films before that. There was like one made-for-TV pilot for a TV there show that Japanese, went nowhere. There was Japanese Spider-Man. But that was a, a TV show again, so it wasn't a proper movie. a demon from hell, apparently. Supida? <laughs> yeah, Supida man it's, he's got like it's a mech suit thing. and everything and fights like actually uh, kills kaiju people. and stuff. It's weird. It yeah. is very weird. Yeah. Anyway, no. We're talking because like, yeah, we're talking about the Spider-Man trilogy directed by Sam Raimi starring Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. and Kirsten Dunst or is it Kristen? Kirsten. 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 Okay. Hank. I read it and like, it Kristen? it's Kristen. Kirsten. Rachel Kirsten. 2.0. Yes. <laughs> Something like that. Um, also... Also, um, what's his name? Um, uh, Harry is played by. It's not Daniel Frank, Radcliffe. No, it's not Frank Grillo. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he 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 also played Tommy Wiseau in that movie about the room. He played recently. Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, in a movie about making the movie The Room. Yes. Oh, in a movie about the movie. Oh, this is like meta stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I haven't heard of that. That came out like two or three years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That might um, he's also in uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. What is that guy's name? Same time or in the first time? <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah. It, it also has J.K. Simmons as uh, as uh, anyway. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Dang um, it, what is that guy's name? I feel like somebody John is probably screaming at the top of his lungs through this actor, isn't it? I've seen these movies more times than I okay. can count, and I don't remember his name. He Spider-Man. he's Harry Osborn. He was also Oz in Oz the Great and Powerful. Which was kind of a mediocre movie. That, yeah, I was. I found it underwhelming. It it, it was James Franco. That's the oh, James Franco. James Franco. How Shout out to James Franco, <laughs> who knows y- y- nothing about us, probably. Likely. Yeah. Regardless, that, that guy. So yeah, Spider Man, Spider Man Two, and oh, Spider Man Three. Willem Dafoe. Willem as Dafoe Norman as, Osborn in yeah. the first one. Who's and mirror apparitions in the subsequent films. Right. Anyway. 
So, synopsis, I guess. Uh, sure. Peter Parker is a Peter high school. He did pick- not pick a pack of pickled peppers. No. He he got bite. bit by a radioactive spider, uh, became Spider-Man, uh, stopped Green Goblin in the first movie, and yep. didn't get the girl Ooh, because he... Psych was um, Norman Osborn. Um, psych? It's the first thing you see about him. Right. But I mean, like, he's... he's Unbeknownst to our hero. Harry's dad. Right. Uh, he, Harry, who is his best friend, and then... He's none gar- too pleased with Spider-Man. For because it. Green Goblin ends up dying in the scuffle. We can get into detail when yeah. we need to. Uh, Spider-Man 2. Uh, Spider-Man uh, gets the big sad and loses his powers uh, right in, just in time for Dr. Octopus to terrorize the city. Yep. He, but then he gets his crap Dr. together Dr. and Dr. gets his powers back. He gets his mojo back and beats Dr. Octopus, who was constructing a cold fusion generator that was going to blow up the city. But uh, he, uh, in the nick of time, comes to his senses and helps Spider-Man uh, defuse the Because there's thing. like this, this chip that's... Yeah, the arms are controlling him at this point. Yeah. Because Dr. Octopus has robot arms. That I mean, are connected to We can assume most of these people are familiar enough with these characters. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the movies came out like, what, six, 14 years ago, the last one? I still haven't seen any of them. What? Really? Yeah. Really? But you've oh. seen all the memes. I've seen all the memes. Oh, we'll have to sit and watch those at some point. I mean, I, I think I have the first one here. We could do that immediately yeah. after. Well, I've got a, I've got places. Well, to and he and I could watch it. Yeah, you guys can watch it. Anyway, so, and then the third one, uh, Spider-Man gets uh, infected with the Venom symbiote, becomes a jerk for a while, uh, fights the Sandman. Sandman. Uh, man. Uh, Sandman. Harry Osborn becomes a Green Goblin. Wasn't who's the third villain? It was it was Sand. Ven- then Green yeah, yeah. Goblin and Sandman. Yeah, you're right. Anyway. <laughs> and yes, enter Sandman. Um over the course of that movie, Spider-Man gets rid of the Venom symbiote and it attaches itself to uh a guy named Eddie Brock who's working uh at the Daily Bugle as a rival, rival photographer, photographer who doesn't Peter. like Peter Parker. Um and he gives And then him and, and then Sandman he uses his rock Pokémon. <laughs> I want pictures of Spider-Man. And then, uh, at, but they beat Venom and uh, Sandman with the help of uh, New Goblin, who came to his senses and helped Peter Parker, and who and also died. And other stuff happened in the in between, but yeah, Mister Sandman is um, bringing me a meme. Yeah, he's also he's not a bad person because he's got a daughter who's sick, and that makes it okay for him to break the law. <laughs> so yeah, general. Plot synopsis, Spider-Man beats the villain of the week, basically. Yeah, they the three films kind of follow a similar pattern. I, I feel like they're structurally but not even a trilogy. No. They're a movie that has two sequels. Yes. But they don't like tell a continuous story the way per se. Star Wars or Lord of the Rings does. The, the through line is sort of like Harry, the conf, you know, the death of Norman Osborn. Harry's mad about it, and he wants to kill Spider-Man. And also, it? Spider-Man's continued uh, growth as a yeah. character. Partway through Sp- Spider-Man 2, we figure, like, Harry figures out that Spider-Man is Peter. Right. Um, and, and then episode 3, he's like, you know, I haven't forgiven you, Peter. And that's the start of the conflict. And, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so the... The basic premise of Spider-Man can be summed up in a short sentence. With great power comes great responsibility. We forgot about Uncle Ben dead. Well, we can get into that right now 
discussing why he learns that. Yeah. And most people know Uncle Ben dies anyway because Spider-Man, it's baked into him right. at this point in pop culture. Yeah. But it does feed into his first lesson about um, his powers, right? Because Peter Parker is just a stand-in for the everyman, yep. pretty much. He, it, the whole kind of point nerd. of his character is it could have been anybody that got bitten by this random bug, right? Yep. It just happened to it be a was nerdy teenager from where? In the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing. Taking pictures. And he just, yeah, and he just gets these superpowers seemingly at random. He becomes Spider-Man. He can shoot webs, he can cling to walls, and he's like, yo, this is cool. I'm stronger now. I'm more confident now. I can beat up the bully. I can impress the girl. Yeah. I have all of this ability. I think like the whole scene where he's figuring out his powers is probably my favorite instance of that in any movie. Like where he's trying to figure out how to get his webs to fly because in this incarnation of Spider-Man, there he actually shoots them out of his wrist. Like yeah. uh, from traditionally speaking, uh, in the comics and other movies and shows, Spider-Man had to build web shooter devices. Yep. But to streamline the flow of the film, they just made that. They one just of his made powers. it part of his powers. Which I think didn't um, Stanley wasn't he like I didn't think of that, but now that now that uh, they did that in the movie, that's pretty cool. Something along those lines. I think. I think. Like to, at the same time as the movie happened in the comics, they did this whole weird event thing to coincide with the movie that gave him organic webs for a while. Sure. But then that weird comics get weird, particularly when they want to synergize with movies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. At any rate. At any rate. It's, so it's now, fun when he's like figuring out his powers. Like he's like, oh, I can climb a building. Because my hands are sticky, and he he makes the connections like, oh, the spider bite, and this I is can, a thing I've a spider can do. I've got super strength. I can jump from building to building. And then he he had accidentally activated the web before, and so he's like on top of the building. And he's like, go web, go. He can. And, and he's emotions. like doing hand, hand hand gestures, trying to figure out how it works, and it's yeah. funny. When did the first Spider-Man movie come out? Was it like two thousand one? Two thousand one, I believe. There was a kind of a thing about it. That uh, it happened like after 9-11. It came out after 9-11. Yeah. And it takes place in New York. There's like an unwritten so, rule where like in every Spider-Man film there has to be a picture with him and the American flag because of that. Right. Kind of. So that's a thing that happened about the same time. So it was it would have been 2001. Mm -hmm. So no. Uh, now that Spider-Man has these powers and he's all kind of excited and confident about it. He gets a little cocky and gets in a fight with his bully, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, the tar out of him. On, on the way to... One of the things Spider-Man decides to do is enter a uh, fight contest to make some extra money, to buy a cool car, to impress the girl because yep. the chicks dig the car, apparently. Yep. Got a crush on, on Mary Jane as his neighbor. Yes, Mary Jane is his next-door neighbor. Um... And so Uncle Ben, his Uncle Ben, he lives with his aunt and uncle, Aunt Man, Uncle Ben. Uh, no sign of his parents in these movies, which is probably for the better because it got weird in The Amazing Spider-Man when they tried to work them into the story. Anyway. Yeah, they're dead. He Assume that. He just lives we with his aunt and uncle. We don't know how or why, but they're just dead. This is just his living situation. Yep. Um, but his Uncle Ben is driving him to the what what he thinks is the library, but actually turns out to be he's going to the... Well, he the, drops him off at the library. He drops him off at the library, walks. and then he walks the rest of the way to the fight. Yep. But he stops him in the car and has, gives him a little bit of a talking to, and he's like, uh, 
I don't know what's P- gotten into you. P- Peter, I don't know what's gotten into you, but I went through something similar when I was your age, a kid becoming a man sort of thing. And Spider-Man's like, yeah, I don't think you relate to me at all. He's like, no, no, you're you're getting older. You have a lot more ability and power and confidence. But it's also, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. The one time you actually get to hear this spoken in a movie. Right. Well, he, they said a couple other times, but... Right, but like, I mean, like, like right at the end, of Sam Raimi all of trilogy. the other ones like skirt, skirt around, around it. it. Yeah, yeah for they, no they, reason. They dance around it just so they don't have to retread the same ground. The same ground. But at this point, may as well retread that ground because, like, it's kind it, of a, it a it's a, an imp- a well understood part of the character. True. Yes, particularly no, just, after the first trilogy. Ever since it's just been a gag, though. Right. Kinda. Anyway. It's a, I, I see it as a unique way to remind people of it. Yeah. I don't know. It was, <laughs> so anyway. it was funny in Into the Spider-Verse, though. He's like, don't say it. Don't say it. I'm sick of it. Spider-Verse is so good. Anyway, <laughs> that's a that's a topic for another time. Possibly. Um, but when the sequel comes Anyway, out. so after um, basically uh, rub, wiping it off and saying whatever, uh, Spider-Man goes into the fight uh, and, you know, beats up the, the guy in a cage match and all this. Then he gets cheated by the fight promoter who didn't pay him all the money he was offered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he feels bitter about that. He's, he's uh, very angry at this guy, and rightfully so. He kind of cheated him. But then um, the fight promoter guy gets robbed by just some guy with a gun came up and said, give me your money and put it in the bag. Mm-hmm. And then as the thief is running out... He runs past Spider-Man, or P- Peter Parker at this point. Yeah. Um, but he runs past Peter, who doesn't lift a finger to do anything. It's His, his whole ma- mindset was, you cheated me, I'm going to let this happen. I'm going to look out for number one, mm-hmm. basically. So he, he treats it like it's no real concern of his. Later, we discover Spider-Man is walking home. Uh, back to where he was going to meet his Uncle Ben to go back when he discovers that Uncle Ben has been shot mm-hmm. and is lying on the pavement slowly waiting for an ambul- ambulance, but he's not going to make it. Um, and so Peter Parker shows up just in time to watch his uncle die, which makes him very sad and very angry. Mm-hmm. So as of this very sad and very angry Spider-Man goes and he overhears the police talking about where the... The robber guy the, stole Uncle Ben's We car. don't know that yet, though. Oh, right. Because well, he's driving the car. We don't know that yet. Ah. It isn't revealed who it is until Spider-Man goes to the warehouse, is within an inch of killing the man, and realizes, oh, this is the guy that I let go earlier. Where this bad thing that happened is a direct response... Or a direct um, uh, consequence mm-hmm. of not taking responsibility, of looking after your own interests only. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, when Spider-Man, he, he learns that when you, he uses his powers solely for his benefit, it hurts everybody else Was and it, ends up hurting him. The guy, like, he's, like, begging for his life, and he's like, what about my uncle? Did you give him a chance? Like... And he, like, falls out a window or something. Right. Um, so that sticks with Spider. That, that sticks with him. And he realizes, um, if my mis... He basically becomes a superhero after that point because, well, 
um, if stopping one guy saved Uncle Ben, you know, stopping other bad guys would save other people. Mm-hmm. And that kind of becomes his his uh, his vocation, if you will, as Spider-Man. Because he has these powers, he has to use them in a responsible way that right. also fulfills their purpose. Mm-hmm. Running parallel to this, you've got um, Norman Osborn, who runs a gigantic company and has a son that is uh, Peter Parker's friend. Uh, and that he kind of ignores and brushes off for the sake of work instead of instead uh, opting to kind of live vicariously through vicariously through Peter Parker because mm-hmm. Peter's like a, a genius and going to college for science things. Right, <laughs> he helps him in high school. He helped him with his uh, Peter helped him with his homework, and Harry protected him from bullies and so on. Yeah, that was kind of the, their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. Uh, Norman Osborn's working on, like, uh, a project for the military to create, uh, like, a serum to help, in basically steroids for the sol- the soldiers, uh, soldiers and, and stuff. Be able to operate like this flying wing glider thing. Yep. Yep. Surfboard. Um, but they're like, they. Taking too like long. Board, yeah, they're taking too long. Board of directors, pressure, stuff. That l- Looking back at these early 2000s superhero movies, there's a lot of these uh, board of director scenes we noticed mm-hmm. <laughs> that when I was watching with my brothers, it's like, hey, uh, even when we were watching Blade, if you've heard of Blade, there's yeah. like an evil board of directors for vampires that tries to kick out like the main evil vampire in that movie. And yeah. it's like the exact same thing that happened All to All these King boards God. of directors getting their comeuppance. It's funny. But no... Uh, Feeling the the time and uh, financial pressure, uh, he's like, "All right, well, I'll test it on myself." And prove which it was works. a bad idea because it drove him crazy, and he kills his lab, kills every, kills his lab assistant and everyone else involved. Mm-hmm. After a few scuffles with Spider Man, uh, Norman Osborn is observant because uh, he notices, "Oh, uh, Peter Parker is cut in the same place I cut Spider Man with one of my pumpkin with with, with one of my pumpkin batarangs or whatever." Yeah. Uh, because that's another thing they have at Oscorp. Mm-hmm. Pumpkin-shaped bombs. <laughs> yep. Not like, not like as cartoonally pumpkin as the comics, obviously. Yeah, but they're like these orb be- things that are kind of orangish. Right. But in the comics, they're like it's literal like, mi- t- tiny jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because... Uh, the the costume is kind of ridiculous. It, it, yeah, it, it's it's kind of great. <laughs> I, I, I like... The, in the, in the live-action movie, it's very... Uh, the costume for Green Goblin is very uh, early 2000ized. Yeah. The way that the X-Men costumes are kind of early 2000ized, if you yeah. remember that. Spider-Man costume is one of the best. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, the Spider-Man costume holds up really well. Yeah. Uh, so Not all the CG does, though. <laughs> yeah. But that's early 2000s. I, I remember originally watching, like, uh, growing up, like, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, and then, like, the first one, I found Green Goblin, like, legit kind of scary. And then as I watched as I'm older too, I'm like, man, this looks kind of tacky. <laughs> well, we were like four. Yeah, no, right. I wasn't very old. I believe I was the, fir- the first Spider-Man movie when may have been it. my first superhero movie, like properly in general. Well, there weren't a whole lot of other superhero movies. Well, there was like live action. There, there was like the Superman. There was films. old old Superman films from the seventies. Batman which, hadn't come out yet. Like the Dark Knight well, trilogy. Well, Batman, the the Batman, Tim Burton ones. Right, but I mean, like so. 
in like our lifetimes anyway there hadn't been like a recent superhero film live action that was actually good and well received yeah because they were doing in the 90s they had the punisher they had daredevil they had just done fantastic four and x-men which fantastic four x-men and spider-man kind of kicked off the second wave yeah and then there was like the whole ben affleck daredevil too that is the daredevil to which i refer oh that wasn't 90s i remember the burger king toys it was either late 90s or like 2000. Something like that. At any rate. At any rate. So, back to the Spider-Man movie. Uh, Green Goblin learns who Spider-Man is and starts targeting people close to him. Particularly Aunt May. Yeah, he, he blows up Aunt May's building. Uh, she's in the hospital. Goes after Mary when, Jane. And he, yeah, Spider-Man realizes, oh, everybody knows I have a crush on Mary Jane, particularly Harry, who... I am competing. Who's kind of the same time? They're kind of competing for her yeah. a little bit. Um, and then Harry goes home, and the one time his dad decides to listen to his son, he's like, "Mary Jane doesn't love me. She loves Peter Parker." He's like, "Oh, she does, does she? Well, yeah, I'm gonna have to go do something about it." <laughs> yeah, and so he uh, goes and. Uh, kind of does a scene that parallels the uh, Green Goblin and uh, Gwen Stacy classic scene from the comic uh, where Gwen Stacy dies. But uh, in this movie, Spider-Man saves both the people in the... Uh, saves both people involved. Um, anyway, so after a, a skirmish after that... Uh, uh, Green Goblin ends up in an attempt to kill Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man do- dives out of the way of like the knives on his glider, and they end up hitting him, and he dies at his own hand almost, mm-hmm. pretty much. Don't tell Harry. Right. Well. So. <laughs> and and Peter Park Peter respects that he he. And uh, basically, the end of the movie is Spider-Man kind of owning up to the reality that he is Spider-Man, and ha- this is what he kind of has to do. And to do that, he and keep other people safe because he knows that being Spider-Man, he he has experience that oh it's going to directly affect the people close to me at the and end they, of the, Mary Jane. Yeah. So at the so end of the movie, like, he turns down uh, Mary Jane's uh, advances to go out with him because that's going to be a lasting decision. Total, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but because he just knows it's not safe and it's not a thing yeah, that for he, her own for her for her for her safety so he sacrifices something he would deem as a good for himself something he was working toward with his powers at the beginning mm-hmm. because he realizes uh it's not, it's not about him right yeah he has a responsibility to other people not just not to himself but to everyone else right so that's kind of his arc in the first movie learning that learning He's lear- he learns about his powers and learns about the responsibilities that come with it. Uh, really, classic coming-of-age story sort of thing. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good, really effective. Or on good movie. That's something that um, Stan Lee's early Silver Age characters kind of capitalized on. Because mm-hmm. prior to that, you had Batman and Superman, who are these big, powerful, cool people. Yeah, kind of enig- enigmatic. But then Stan Lee comes along and writes about a nerdy high school What if superheroes were normal? Or, yeah. Like, you got Spider-Man. Even the Fantastic Four managed could barely manage to pay rent on time mm-hmm. in the comics and stuff. The 
and the X-Men were just a bunch of kids going to school and they just so happened to have mutant powers. So it's like, it was a different mindset to writing comic books. Yeah. Uh, we could have had a crossover between X-Men and Spider Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, but then Hugh Jackman got in a motorcycle accident as a legend goes and couldn't do it. Yeah. It would have Which, been a cameo. I'm but. not entirely sure how well that would have worked. It might have been okay. I I don't know. Given the direction the X-Men ended up taking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and some Would of the that other direction have been prevented, and even the 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 weirdness of Spider-Man Three. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I I, th- I tend to think they're good as they are now. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, uh, Spider-Man Two, um, for whatever reason, um, Spider-Man his, his major arc here, right, is he for whatever for whatever reason starts losing his powers, mm-hmm. um, because. There's there's a lot of things other things going on in his, in his life that are distracting him from the main point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because Mary well, Mary she's not dating Mary no, that's Jane. Right. Mary Jane is in, engaged to John Jameson. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Who is uh, his his boss's, photography boss's uh, son. son? Anyway, so so there's there's that kind of jealousy, and it's like, well, if I wasn't Spider Man, I that could have been me, right? Yeah. There's also, well, I'm failing all my classes because I'm swinging around the city and have my attention divided. I'm not spending enough time with Harry, and Harry hates Spider Man, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I could be doing a million other things if I wasn't Spider Man. Yeah. So that's kind of still dealing with the guilt of Ben's death, kind of uh, his Uncle Ben's death, and also my brother Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Chris. Yeah, because I told him I would, oh. if he listened. But I'm giving him this one for free. Yeah, <laughs> he has to listen to the episodes now before we shout him out again. Anyway, well, he w- he won't know we shouted him out until he listens to the lo- to the episode. Yeah, True. N- until then, him. we'll just shout him. Down. No, nobody tell him. Nobody until tell then, him. we'll just shout him down. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime he tries to talk, you don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> we shouted you out and everything. You weren't listening. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, so Spider-Man is having difficulty balancing superhero life and uh, everything else about his life. Paying rent, going to school, having a relationship with people he likes. Um, And so he he questions the value of Spider-Man at all, right? He's like, "If, if, if I don't get to succeed in other areas, why should I... Spider-Man. And his Spider-Man powers slowly sort of become dormant as a reflection of his, I guess, loss of confidence in who he is. Right. And so um, so after he loses his powers, he kind of, he, he quits being Spider-Man. Um, and he that gives him time to reflect on everything else, to uh, hang out with Harry, to talk to Mary Jane, to actually pay his rent and do his studies and... Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's a scene where uh, he comes across a, a burning building. And as Spider-Man, he would have swung in there and saved all the people. But he doesn't because he can't. He can't, right? Because he isn't Spider-Man. He runs in the building, he runs in the and, building saves and saves people girl. anyway. Yeah. And he, he realizes there are other people that could have been saved if he was Spider-Man that were on the top floor, right? Yeah. Um, and that uh, makes it... That, that kind of brings so back it wakes the, him up a bit. It wakes him up to the reality that uh, he still has a responsibility. 
he has a responsibility to everything else in his life, but he has to learn how to balance that with his with his responsibilities as Spider Man. And then there's Doc Ock raging around New York. Yeah, there's kind of kind of him blowing up banks and elevated trains and stuff. Yeah, uh, which happen while he's still finicky with his superpowers. So. He'll be swinging around and trying to shoot a web at Dr. Octopus, but it won't work, and then he'll get whapped by a giant tentacle arm. Mm-hmm. Cool stuff. They're, they're, like, cool fight scenes. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. The guy who plays Doc Ock is a really good actor. <sighs> What's it? I have no idea what his name is. Arr. Uh, I've mean, maybe seen him in one other movie. Yeah. Maybe. Um. So, yeah. Spider-Man's main arc in this film is learning how to balance... His various responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, there's also the part where Mary Jane uh, realizes she doesn't like John Jameson as much as she thought she did, and she at the altar ditches, ditches him, him at the at the at the altar, and she's like, "Hey, uh, Peter Parker, I know you're Spider-Man now because in the final fight your mask got tore off, and I was there." I was like, "Oh, you're Peter Parker and Spider-Man. That but explains literally everything." Because before she thought he was just being weird and kind of a jerk and kind of aloof. Mm-hmm. But she's like, oh, you're Spider-Man. That makes sense. You have other things you were doing. And she's like, "So it's not just you who gets to choose whether or not you can have relationships with people because I should make be able to make that choice, like whether or not to, you know, be your girl. Right. It's not just, you know, it's not you putting me in danger. It's me accepting that risk. Right. And so that's kind of his arc with her in that film. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's also toward the end, um, Harry Osborn still really bitter at Spider-Man about the death of his father, which out of context as he saw it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. He makes a deal with Dr. Octopus where if uh, Dr. Octopus can get Harry Sp- can get Spider-Man to Harry, Harry can give him like some resource he needs to make his cold fusion generator thing. Mm-hmm. The reason he has to make that is because the arms are taking over and the arms are built specifically to make that cold fusion generator. So they're hell-bent on getting that he project made it finished. The first time it malfunctioned and blew up his arms blew up his arms to... and destroyed the chip that prevented it from taking over his mind because it's hooked into his you know, spinal cord so on. Yeah. And so now he's trying to do it again because he sort of disgraced himself doing that and his wife was killed in the, yeah. in the accident. And also... That's what the arms are programmed to do, and so they just want to do that. <laughs> it's like, we must make Anyway, so uh, Harry, at the end of the movie, learns that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, and he's all yep. heartbroken and betrayed and angry, and Spider-Man's like, uh, we need, we can talk about this later, but I've got to stop him from literally blowing up the city, so. Yeah. So, so that's, that's Spider-Man, too. It's the, the the struggle of that, that balance, achieving... Mm-hmm. Like living out your vocation, but also not getting burned out by it, and not letting other things, you know, get in, get in the way or distract you. But also, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's good stuff. Yep. The third one, um, the movie itself gets a little off the rails. <laughs> a bit. I, I kind of enjoy it for how just silly it, it is. Yeah. Sometimes, but. Um. Because in this one, Spider-Man's a total do- or Peter's a total dork, by the way. All the and time. he kind of just doesn't get Mary Jane sometimes. Yeah, he's, he's pretty dense. They, they love each other, but he's just kind of doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. 
and being Spider-Man, um, Mary Jane's an actress on Broadway and stuff, and she's got all these shows she does, and Peter Parker can't show up to any, despite wanting to, because Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so she's feeling all like, you don't have enough time for me, then even though she totally signed up for that. Um, and Spider-Man's all kind of has his priorities mixed and is like, they're very Spider-Man focused in, in, in his line of thinking. It's like, it's interesting because finally the, the like police department in the city are recognizing him as a hero for the things he did. Like, you know, not letting the city blow up and stuff that important things like that. And so he's on stage accepting like the key to the city or something. And he ends up, uh, because like the, the police chief's daughter, Gwen Stacy, because they've just now introduced her as a character, uh, like ends up kissing him on stage because they thought it would be neat for the pictures or whatever. And Mary Jane's all like, you kissed another girl. And he's like, yeah, but Spider-Man kissed the girl. And I, I, it wasn't me. I was like, you are Spider-Man dingus. But it, it was it was it was for show. It was for the crowd. It was for the. It, it wasn't. The I didn't mean it, right? And she's like, "But Spider Man, he, he he's kind of letting it get to his head a little bit." Um, Let me which, go fight a Sandman just robbing an armored car. Right, because uh, Sandman is a guy who's stealing money to afford uh, his daughter's medical payments and stuff. Some wacky experiments he actually. He, he falls into some some thing. There's a change in the Sand silicon mass, and it's spit. probably a bird, and it'll fly out. But they don't check that it was a bird, so it turns out that Sandman gets sandified. Yeah, and uh, because reasons. Because reasons. It's it's weird sci-fi 1960s logic comic stuff, but it's 2000. fun. <laughs> right, er, early 2000s adaption of a 1960s comic. Yep. So he fights um, this guy, and it turns out that this was the, the the guy that became the Sandman was also involved in Uncle Ben's death, and it was his gun that went off and shot him, and not the yeah. other guy, because this was the guy that brought the car or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Spider-Man away. or P- Peter Parker, I should say, suddenly has a personal vendetta against him, right? Yep. And. Around this time, symbiote. he gets infected by the symbiote, which is like a black alien goo ooze thing, alien, that uh, feeds off its host and also gives its host extra strength and uh, aggressive, aggression. Yep. And so as Black Suit Spider-Man, um, he... he D- believes that he kills the Sandman. Also gives him a little extra strength and power and able to do... Like, yeah. We push should, the, I, I thought I had established that. Oh, did you? Okay. I, I, I mentioned that. It's basically Nos if it was part of his, like, you know, whatever. If it was an organic living creature. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, no, he, he fights Sandman and thinks that he killed him because he dumped him into the river, which really only disintegrated him for a bit. So a sad man has fallen into the river in <laughs> New York City. <laughs> Build the helicopter. And Somebody get Hayden Christensen in here. <laughs> hey! I don't like sand. Build a lightsaber. Destroy all the sand people. <laughs> <laughs> Not just the men, but the women and children, too. Hey! <laughs> Oh, I, I want to see that for Lego set commercial. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, anyway, but um, uh, a Jedi is falling to the dark side in Lego City. <laughs> Keep talking. Uh, only if you stop. Fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Spider-Man realizes kind of what what he did, um, and realizes that the revenge is getting him nowhere. Yeah. It it only. Um, By this point, he's it, gotten to be a butt, and him and um, yeah, he kind of messed up. up his relationship with Mary Jane because he was being a total uh, Doof. doofus. <clears throat> Tried on his edgy he, side. He was started listening. To he was the edgiest dork <laughs> ever. <laughs> he was like the dork, the edgiest dork possible, and yeah, danced in the street and was a total weirdo. Bully Parker, uh, pretty much. He even he also. Uh, was called whole- out. There, there was a. He also totally humiliated his rival for pictures for of Spider Man, mm-hmm. uh, in front of uh, J. Jonah Jameson, their his potential employer, and so now you've got Eddie Brock all all mad at him. Um, but no, Spider Man uh, realizes this. Um, uh, the symbiote is is not good. It has got to go because it is. He he likes the power. He likes the the extra, but but it also it adds power and takes away his responsibility or his mm-hmm. his uh, sense of responsibility. Right? Yeah. He he kind of becomes aloof and numb to the consequences of his actions. Mm-hmm. So he goes appropriately to a church to clean himself. Uh, goes to the 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 bell tower, mm-hmm. and, and it turns out that the symbiote is weak to sound. So he bangs a bell really loud, and the symbiote's like, "You get me, get off of me!" And um, uh, Eddie Brock, who happened to be nearby, gets infected. Yeah. And so now Spider-Man's normal again, trying to repair all of his relationships. Oh yeah, uh, the there's third, a whole deal with Eddie, where or, or, or no, uh, there's Harry. a whole th- whole thing with Harry, where at the beginning of the movie he he uses the serum to become Green Goblin. He discovers tries his to have revenge on Spider-Man attic lab where he's got all the Green Goblin stuff, and he's like, yeah. "Okay, I'm going to try this now." I'm gonna he tries to take Spider-Man. revenge on Spider-Man, but then he bonks his head and like Gets loses his memory for a little bit, and then slowly figures it out again. And, yeah, it's a weird little aside thing, but if they get into a fight, edgy Peter Parker blows up his face with a grenade. Yeah, um, which is another thing that he's doesn't feel good about afterwards. Yeah, uh, tries to patch things up with him. He's like, "No, you, 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 you're Spider-Man. I don't like you." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Harry, Harry tries to steal Mary Jane, and it's just total, a total creep about it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I kind of forgot that was a thing for a bit. Yeah, but anyway, um, after, um. Sandman uh, pulls himself together. Gets together with Venom. He 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 and Eddie Brock team up to bait Spider-Man into a trap. Um, they get Mary Jane, tie her up on top of a building. Nothing we haven't seen before in this series, you know. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man's like, hey, Harry, you're the Green Goblin and have powers too. Let's go save Mary Jane. I know you like He's her. like, nah. He's like, no, I'm not going to do it because I don't like you. And then... Harry's butt. butler of all people comes down and says, it "Oh, Barthol, his fault. He was killed by his own glider." <laughs> <laughs> and Her- <laughs> and and that now realizing that it isn't Spider-Man's fault technically that his father died. Don't worry, Pete. I'm coming to save you, old buddy, old pal, old friend. <laughs> 
that is one of my favorite how it should have ended still oh, yeah. even all these years later <laughs> oh i can't wait to save my best friend in the whole wide world anyway so they team up they beat venom and uh sandman uh peter ends up forgiving sandman for what happened and Sandman's like dies i never process. wanted any of this so i'm i'm gonna disappear i'm a peace out like like i'm gonna thanos snap out of here <laughs> <laughs> sails off into the wind and uh, uh, Harry ends up getting himself killed, uh, saving Spider-Man. Uh, so, which is which is kind of interesting because Harry, in this film, is also seeking seeking revenge against someone, right? Mm-hmm. And they both come to this realization that the reve- revenge won't leave them satisfied, and it's not. We're not so different, you and I. And at the end of the movie, <laughs> right? Uh, Harry dies saving Spider-Man. Uh-huh paralleling how his father died trying to kill spider-man yeah so there's kind of a a neat uh circular everything came full circle there yeah uh in terms of symbolism and parallelism and stuff yeah i think at one point they were going to try to make a spider-man 4 and then that just didn't happen. There, there were there were hopes to make a spider-man 4 involving either vulture or mysterio i've I've I heard multiple things from yeah, multiple people. Obviously nothing. Then I also heard that Venom was kind of a last minute addition to Spider Man Three because one of the yeah, producers was like, really "People like Venom. Add Venom to the movie." And they're like, "This isn't a movie about Venom. This is about Sandman and Green yeah. Goblin." And he's like, "But but put Venom in there." Yeah, Venom. And it, it's kind of a weak version of Venom anyway. Yeah, he doesn't like have intelligence or anything. He's just kind of this monster he, creature. Yeah, and. We we can we could do an episode on Venom later if we want. Maybe when the when the when the um, maybe when the sequel comes out. Yeah, because there's I, I I like Venom as a character as a concept. Yeah, uh, but he was just kind of weak in this film. Uh, weak not not weak as in like actual weak strength, class. but weakly Weak, weakly done. weakly written. Um, but that's kind of the overall arc and themes of the story. It's Spider Man. And different, kind of dealing with different assets or facets of his power and his responsibility with that power. Yep. Um, That's just weak screenwriting. <laughs> he wrote a bad, bad film, PT. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sort of make an episode one along, I suppose. <laughs> um, man, I can't believe we didn't make that joke for the original trilogy because that was one of our main points. <laughs> That's just weak screenwriting. You wrote a bad trilogy, PT. You wrote a bad Hobbit trilogy, PT. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, what are obviously the big takeaway? I guess in the truth bit is uh, great power come with great power comes great responsibility. Right. It's a classic. You, you're you're given takeaway. A, you're given a specific set of skills and gifts and abilities. And you right? will find you, and you will kill. <laughs> you will get pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, we we all. It's a coming-of-age story, right? Yeah. Where Spider-Man, as a teenager, just goes through an exaggerated puberty where he gets, you know, new feelings, new abilities, new responsibilities, things he can do, things he should do, things he shouldn't do, and he's just navigating that, right? Yeah. And everyone... And that's kind of why Spider-Man is such a great character that kind of resonates with people. And still does. He's like one of the most popular characters ever. That's why Spider-Verse works so much. It's like, uh, they're all equally Spider-Man, but they're all also uniquely Spider-Man because they have right. their own unique calling or, or unique um, 
expression of Sounds their like same Sounds like a great Trinitarian analogy. <laughs> <laughs> the Trinity of Spider-Man. Except it's an infinity of Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to go there, but... yeah. That's uh, partialism, Pat. In the name of the Maguire and of the Garfield. <laughs> no! No, 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 no. That's too far. That, a bit much, but... <laughs> Secularists be like. Secularists be like. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's, it's about taking responsibility for your actions in general. It's... Yeah, it's... Just a really, it's hashtag relatable <laughs> in a lot of ways. Rising above your insecurity to become a hero. Right. Because he's, he's also super insecure. <laughs> yeah. But also he, as much as he tries to distance himself from people to keep them safe, Aunt May is a cornerstone of his life. Yeah. She's like his, one of the best characters in the whole trilogy. Yeah. Because she's just... The third movie's the only one she doesn't get beat up. <laughs> yeah. But she also beats up uh, Doc Ock Doc in the second one a little umbrella. bit. Super good. Smacks him in the face. <laughs> so fun. Smashes his sunglasses. As he's like climbing up the side of a bank. Yeah, he's like robbing, he's like, like robbing a bank that they're in trying to get He like hold. throws a rock at Spider-Man and she's like, how dare you? <laughs> she whacks him with an umbrella. Shame on you. <laughs> uh, That's kind of a fun scene. It is so fun. Uh, there's just some really fun sequences. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've, it's, it's good Spider-Man stuff. I suppose that accounts for the goodness too. The heroism. Right. Uh, it's a lot of heroism, a lot of, uh, there's also the, at the end of Spider-Man 3, there's Spider, uh, Peter forgiving Sandman. Right. And Harry sacrificing himself for Peter. There's a reconciliation there. Right. So there's all that. There's and also at the end of Spider-Man Two, when Doctor Octopus comes to his senses, finally regains control of his faculties again. Yeah, because beforehand he was a really good man. He, he was a really great guy. He was helping broke. Peter with it. With he had like hired Peter, Peter to help him out with the the stuff for mm-hmm. college or, and stuff. Or didn't he have to like write a report on him? And so he's like, I'm just gonna go talk to him. Yeah, Harry Oz, Harry, who's running his dad's company at this point, hooked him up. Yep. But anyway, at the end, his redemption in uh, drowning the the fusion reactor and himself along with it because that was the way it had to happen. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Octopus re- redeemed himself and sacrificed himself at the end. Uh, there, So it's like there, there's, there's a lot of really good heroic moments for a lot of characters. Yeah. Even, uh, like we said, Aunt May has her heroic moments and she's just... <laughs> This really great uh, emotional cornerstone for Peter. Uh, yeah, always always there and available. And Peter kind of unloads some heavy stuff on her in the second film when he's like, mm-hmm. uh, "I, I'm part of the reason Uncle Ben died." Yeah, uh, he doesn't tell her all the Spider-Man stuff, although she heavily implies by the third movie that she knows he's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. She's just also being really coy about it. Yeah, because she she knows he doesn't want to tell her, and she's she respects that. Mm-hmm. I like Aunt May. Yeah. I think uh, the, the the other portrayals of her are fine, but this one might be my favorite. Yeah. Although she was also really good in Spider-Verse. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Verse in general is a great movie. Uh, um, 
Yeah, I guess. And then obviously, like, the impact Uncle Ben has as right. a father figure to him. Right. Lasting way beyond his death. Because his, basically, his last words to him define Peter Parker's life trajectory afterwards. Mm-hmm. And also, like, his influence in his early life and all that. Yeah. Because um, uh, Aunt May and Uncle Ben were just good, upstanding, moral folks that uh, raised him right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was, uh, there was Beauty for the time. Pretty good movies. So not all the effects hold up. The first movie especially is the, the first movie under. especially. But I mean, movie two, third one, uh, particularly with the Doctor Octopus arms, there's a lot yeah. of like really cool puppetry they did. Yeah, I, I don't and know. I, only sometimes they were CG, sometimes they were puppets, and it was hard to tell. <laughs> sometimes they did a really good job with that. Yeah. So, like, they aren't particularly like. Your suspension of disbelief. In, in is terms of beauty, it really I mean, it's like it. I, I wouldn't strictly say for the be- time it was some of the best. They were seen. they're really well put together films. Yeah, uh, episode three was or, or well, not episode three though. You know, the third movie was. It, it's kind of an episode. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Um, but yeah, the, the, no, the third movie's kind of dumb. I love it though. <laughs> and then the unity. I think the main. Some people have they, made the points, including, um, you know, honest trailers, that it's basically the same movie three times. <laughs> kind of. Spider-Man uh, struggling with, with his, his powers, powers, breaking up with Mary Jane, and fighting a bad guy that ultimately kills himself at the end. Yeah. That that was the joke, <laughs> where yeah. they said that three times, once for each movie. Yeah. Um, but also, they're very unified in their themes. Yeah, it's they're, consistent. They're consistent in that... Basically, Spider-Man thesis of with great power comes great responsibility. And Peter grappling with that, and yeah, in in, in various way. ways, like uh, maybe if I have no power, I should have no responsibilities, or if I have too much power, how does that change my responsibilities? Mm-hmm. So the kind, yeah, two, Spider-Man two and three kind of play with his powers in opposite ways. Yeah, where he gives up, where he loses his powers, but realizes he needs to take them back. Yeah, and then he gets powers, but realizes he needs to give them up. Yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, Coolio, Coolio, indeed. Well, I don't know if I have a whole lot more to say. I just, I think we've pretty well covered it. Pretty well. If you haven't seen the Sam Raimi trilogy at this point, like Riley, they're, you should watch it. They're worth a watch. We'll probably get to that. Classic superhero films before everything had to be. You know, it is. It, it's part partic- of the cinematic universe. It was it's particularly interesting for context, right? Because. Yeah. Looking at them now, in retrospect, having had the MCU and the failed DC cinematic universe. Which for all intents and purposes, we're basically looking at in the rearview mirror right now. Right. So watching the Spider-Man trilogy and for DC's side, the Nolan trilogy now, it's like interesting what they represent in terms of like comic book adaption films. Mm-hmm. Standalones at that, pretty much. Well, I mean, yeah, even they- though they were like, you know, within... The characters stood alone, besides like the Spider-Man villains, you know. Right. They weren't part of a grand movie universe. They were just kind of focused on the story. They were but telling. it was their successes is what led to Iron Man's right. success, which is what led to the MCU success. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting because before that, uh, superhero movies were becoming a joke. The yeah. first um, Batman movie, the the uh, Tim Burton Batman, was weird and dark and serious yeah. and cool. The second Tim Burton Batman movie was weird and dark and silliness. It, well, weird and dark and serious, but had a weird 
slightly goofy undertone with Danny DeVito as the penguin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it still kind of felt consistent with that one. But then yeah. they changed directors, and then Batman and Robin happened, and <laughs> Jim Carrey was the Riddler. And you know, George Clooney. And, <laughs> and then after... No, the, the, uh, that, that was Val Kilmer. George Clooney was Batman in oh, yeah. Batman and Robin, which had Arnold Schwarzenegger as uh, Mr. Freeze and Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Yeah, and all sorts of stuff. Superhero con- movies, live action films were becoming a joke at that point. Yeah. And the failure of Daredevil Even and X-Men the Punisher. Even X-Men was a little wacky at the time. The well, X-Men- X-Men's always been wacky. I think the movies weren't wacky enough to do the characters justice, I'll tell uh, you what. Yeah, especially the um, first one. But the first X-Men film was like basically tried to get do to X-Men what the the Dark Knight did to Batman almost. Yeah. It, and it was like a more grounded almost. and um realistic almost, but not really take. Sure. It was just like darker and more serious in tone. Lots of Had they come out wires. in weird fantastic yellow spandex like they did in the comics, nobody had taken it seriously. They probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have even taken themselves seriously. Yeah. So it took an X-Men film taking itself a little too seriously for its own good to make Spider-Man and the Dark Knight and mm-hmm. eventually Iron Man. It's just unfortunate that it's it like, tainted the rest of the movies. What if we adopted the tone that the original comics had? <laughs> um, I think that's actually what we're getting to now with the MCU. It's like, well, what if we adapted the tone the original comics intended? <laughs> yeah. Where um, the first X-Men film was just kind of drab. Yeah. Which was, it was... It was post-Matrix, actually. Yeah. It was that kind of action film. It was more like the Matrix than the X-Men. Yeah. Uh, Which was good for it as a movie and to legitimize comic book adaptions. There was a few years where like a lot of action movies were trying to be the Matrix. Yeah. Blade was like the Matrix, too, and that was early 2000s. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, Spider-Man was more of a step away from Matrix and towards uh, MCU. Yeah. So I feel like it's kind of an interesting transition period in action films and superhero films. Yeah. Where they weren't successful and you weren't guaranteed a success. And Marvel was in a weird place financially. That's why they sold all their rights to all their characters to all these different people. And they still had some Rocky Waters, (laughs) Fantastic Four movies to get through. The first one was merely okay. The second one was really dumb. And then the third one they made that was a reboot is so painfully boring. Yeah. <laughs> it was just made to re revamp their copyright on the or contract, the, or their, yeah. contract or whatever. But yeah, but that's uh, but that's pictures of Spider Man in a podcast. Yes, too bad we didn't have Jameson to drink while we. Uh, that would have been perfect. We, we 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 drank all the pictures of Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 on that note. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Palpapus, on Facebook as well. Listen to our podcasts on... Um, Email us your questions, comments, concerns, complaints yeah, at PalladianPapus. If you do, you'll be the first one to do so. Sure will. Um, For a limited time, be the first to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, while supplies last of not... Anyway. Um, yeah. And then share our stuff on the relevant media platforms we should inject it into your friends ear help holes. us grow this little project we are working on and yeah until we will talk to you again next week mm. bye bye bye